Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Ann Ukenin. Amen, amen. How, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I, uh, this week, I'm, I finished a busy week at school. We had Discovery Days, which is basically we stop what we're, whatever we're doing and we do like special all week. And so, you know, <laughs> special with children all week can be special. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I spent the week teaching and talking. We were, our theme was Canada. And so every, we're taking different aspects of Canada and, and, and exploring these different things with the children. Mine was the railway, which was a fun, exciting thing. And, and, I, and I found this experiment online. And so it was like using wire uh, tubing, co copper tubing and a cork and a candle, and you can make steam in the copper coil, and then it makes your, it's, it's my little boat, and it turns. And so I was really excited showing the kids how my, my little boat turned, you know, like, and, you know, the steam is, is created in the coil, and then it pushes out of the, in the water, and then the, my little boat spun. And then on Thursday, <laughs> Thursday it didn't spin. And I was like, oh, I was, I was, I was like, oh, I made my little boat, and my boat, little, my little boat didn't spin, and, like, and then it didn't spin again. For so I had two groups that come through, and it didn't spin, and I'm like, we're waiting, we're waiting, and it's not spinning, and I'm like, oh, and I'm like, I, I'm like, you know, I have to go to the drawing board here. It's not spinning. There's a reason. It spun before. It's not spinning now. I need to find out what the reason is for this lack of spinning. Um, and, uh, and then after school, I'm like examining things. And, and notice like the little, like it's floating. The, the boat is a little cork. I like, I cut it out of a trivet, like out of a, like a heating, a, a cooling pad. And, uh, and so I cut this cork and I had it, and it got really saturated over the week because it had been floating all week. And so my little boat, which used to be light, was not so light no more. And it had, because the cork was very wet and, and even drying it out overnight was not enough. And so I was like, okay, I need a fresh cork. I need a fresh boat. And wouldn't you know, it started spinning again. It's fun again. And all that to say is that we're doing things. We've got his word. We're giving. We're like confessing. We're praying. We're reading his word. We're doing all the things. And then and things are spinning. And then all of a sudden they don't spin no more. And you're like, what, what's going on? How come things aren't spinning? I know his word. I know I'm worshiping. I'm doing all these things, you know. Check, check, check the list. Sometimes you need a fresh cork. You need a fresh something. God's word is living. God's word is alive. God's word is true. It always is. But it needs to be that for you all the time. And we don't want to be stale. We don't want to have our cork get too wet that we can't move. We want to have something fresh. And, and God always has something fresh for us. And in that situation, I was not alone. I was like, God... What, what, like, what helped me here, you know? And, and, you know, through other people and through what I know was to be true, I needed to change that cork. And when things aren't spinning and things are going right and they're going, not going well, you can talk to God and he'll show you and he'll give you the answer because he is the answer and he'll show you what to do and how to get you spinning again. 
Because you know what? It's about having fun. It's not being about stagnant, sitting there in the water, not any fun. That was certainly not fun because you're promising something big to children and there was disappointment. And we don't want to be disappointed. And God doesn't disappoint, but sometimes we can disappoint ourselves by what we do. Praise the Lord. Just a little start there. Hallelujah. Let's go to Mark 5 and 22. Because it's really, you know, like, what do you believe? Believing is a yes or no question. It's just like, you know, I was, I was showing the kids all the different ways that steam is created, and you need some sort of fuel source. And you either have it or you don't have it. It's on or off. Like, they were like, you know, how is the kettle plugged in? And there was some kids that were like, I don't, like, have you seen water boil? No, I haven't. Oh, I'm like, I'm so glad that if anything, you're seeing a kettle now boil. Because this, <laughs> this is real life right here in front of you. And, and you know, <laughs> and, and so we're like, well, what's, what's making it boil? Oh, the steam. No, oh, the water. Oh, the, the fire. I'm like, do you see a fire in the kettle? There's no fire in the kettle. It's not, there's no fire. It's like, what is making it get hot? And they're like, oh, electricity. Ding, ding, ding. Yes, you got the answer. I'm like, if I didn't plug the, that into the source, we wouldn't get the source that, of fuel that I, was necessary to make the water hot. So like, you know, in, in my little boat experiment, it was a little candle, the flame, the fire that was doing it in a steam engine. It's the coal that's creating the fire. You know, all these things are some sort of, fuel that was needed to do that. And so when we're talking about believing, you, you know, we have enough fuel to believe. And it's either a yes or no question. It's e you're either, the kettle's either plugged in or it's not. It's plugged in or it's not, the fuel source is there, and then you have to turn it on too. Just say, you know, you just have to, you have to turn it on. But believing, you believe or you don't. You believe or you don't. And faith is always growing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. It grows. We, can, you know, we, we start out with a little bitty, bitty grain of mustard seed that can move mountains, and then we get bigger faith. Our faith muscle grows. But believing, you either believe or you don't. And what you believe comes out your mouth. And we know what you believe by what you're saying. And it's, you know, the scripture says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what you believe is going to come out of your mouth. And, uh, and so Pastor Gwen always says, you know, you could record yourself over a period of time and see what you're actually saying. You know, are you speaking God's word? Are you swearing? Are you, are you complaining? You know, I, I, at the beginning of the week, one of the teachers said, you know, we could have a fun this week, but complaining makes it not go well. And, and, and so, you know, sure enough, I'm like, oh, that sounds like complaining. <laughs> sometimes we don't know what complaining is because we just it's just our natural like thing we do and we just it you know and and we just complain and and it helps no one and helps nothing and it certainly certainly doesn't help you complaining never helped anyone and certainly not the person you're complaining to <laughs> and now so yeah so we should be in mark 5 and 22 but faith can grow, but we either believe or we don't. Right. We believe we, can, we have a choice here. We can believe his word or we don't have to believe his word. There's people that do believe his word. There's people that don't believe his word. There's people that do believe something about his word, 
because they don't know his word. But because they don't know his word, they believe something about his word, and that's what they believe. And so then, so, you know, if it's not exact, well, if it's not scriptural, it's coming out of their mouth, you know. Like, you know, I just have to be good to go to heaven. Good, you know, a, I'm a good person. A, being good doesn't get you to heaven, and there's no one good but God. And you can't get to heaven by being good. You can't do enough good things in this world to get to heaven. You have to believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and then confess with your mouth what you believe. So you believe it or you don't. And we've got believers in here today that have confessed. They believe. But we, there's lots of things to choose to believe in his word. There is. And, you know, there's a lot of Christians here today that believe in Jesus, and they're going to be in heaven. But their believing is making a life for them. And your believing is making a life for you. So, in Mark 5 and 22, it says, and we have a, you know, and this might be familiar to some, uh, we have a man here, and uh, Jesus is on the earth, and people are hearing about what Jesus is doing. And so you can imagine there's a lot of people that when things are happening and they hear about this man that heals, they hear about this man that delivers, they hear about this man that's doing all these things, of course you want to go run to them. Run to this person who is creating all these waves and, and everyone's talking about him and all the good thing that he's doing or, you know, people complaining about him. But, uh, but there's Jairus and, Jairus and he, you know, he, his daughter was very sick. And in verse 22 where we jump in, um, and behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue. I find this so interesting because there's like the Jewish people and there was the Pharisees and the Sadducees and they didn't like, like Jesus. They didn't like him. But here is someone who spent time with people who didn't like Jesus, but he went to Jesus when he had trouble because he believed that Jesus would help him. Not anyone in the temple. No one in the temple was going to help him, but he knew that Jesus would help him. And so he, you know, he runs. He's, he goes over and he says, Behold, there uh, one of the ruler cometh, the ruler of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, fell at his feet, at Jesus' feet, and besought him greatly. Like, these are some words. I love the King James. I love it. I love it. But besought him greatly. Can you imagine what besought him greatly could possibly look like? Like, you know, like exceedingly. I have a picture with exceedingly. I, like I have pictures with these things. Like that someone you like when you're asking someone for help, you know, I'm like, hey, can I get some help, please? Is not, you know, be beseeching him greatly. Right. I'm like, I, I, you know, I don't think I've ever fallen at someone's feet. And I mean, like, you know, in the natural. I mean, like there's been times when I've like, you know, in the spiritual, like done all I could do and I got gone to Jesus. But, I mean, like, his feet, his natural feet aren't here. But spiritually, I've come to him in that way. And uh, besought him greatly. And, uh, and, uh, felt as, and, and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. Now, who wouldn't do this? Who wouldn't do this? You've got, it, like, this guy that is healing people, and you love your daughter with all your heart. Wouldn't you want her to be well? You hear about this way that, that she can be healed, and he goes and, and goes to that place to get 
to get an answer, to get Jesus to help. My little, my little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed. And not only that she may be healed, but that she would live. I find it so interesting that it says both of these things in there. Healed and lived. Heal and live. She is almost dead. But Jairus comes to Jesus saying, I want you to heal her and have her alive. Be alive. And so Jesus went with him and much people followed him and thronged him. And now we know this story that actually on the way Jesus, you know, there's a crowd following him. And, and this is in between this and, and going to Jairus' house, we have the woman of the issue of blood and she gets healed as well. And he didn't lay his hands on her. She just believed if I, you know what, if I just touch his garment, then I will be made whole. And so here we have Jairus. He's like, if, she if you come, you know, come and lay hands on my daughter, I know that she'll be healed, and I know that she'll be alive if you do that for me. And so it's a very different, uh, different story. If we just jump over, we're going to just jump a little over to John 10. And we're going to look at a situation where there's not believing taking place. And we all know, we, you know, it's like, poor guy, he gets the... He gets the name of Doubting Thomas. <laughs> but it's so funny because like, like how one thing you can do can give you a nickname like that. I, uh, I, when I was little, um, I was playing with Play-Doh. And, uh, and I was playing with the Play-Doh and I had a potato masher. And I had the potato masher and the Play-Doh. And, and I was playing with that. And so lesson, don't do this. But anyway, um, <laughs> I got the plate potato masher stuck. And so I, it got stuck good. And so I was like, you know, a little uh, like five-ish. And I'm like trying to get the, pota the potato masher out of the, the Play-Doh. And it, I whap it out and it pops me right in the eye. To this day, I remember seeing orange because they put some drops in your eyes. <laughs> I just remember everything looked orange, you know, and everything was fine. I was totally fine, but I had to wear a patch for a while, like a, like a week or so. And, and, and it didn't help that our last, my maiden name was Prokopets because it really lends itself to that nickname of Pokey Patch. <laughs> Prokopets, Pokey Patch. So... From that day on, we were the Pokey Patches. And that are the Pokey Patches coming to the family dinner, you know? That's who we were. And it was based on that single event that happened. And I'm like, I'm not poking my eye out all the time, right? You know, I'm like, that's not what I do. That happened years ago. That's not the me of now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not playing with Play-Doh. And I certainly am not putting a potato masher in Play-Doh anymore. <laughs> Nor giving it to my students. So just one thing, one thing can box you. But you know what? I, like, it's a, it's, a, it's a funny little story. I mean, like, I wonder, you know, go, sit, sit, you know, in the sweet by and by, sit next to Thomas. So did you think? that that was going to happen when you did that. I'm like, <laughs> and now you get a name, and when everyone goes doubting Thomas, they know, they, oh, I know that situation. I know the exact story. Never mind that he went to India and did all sorts of great 
things and spread the gospel. Like it, it didn't just end there. It just seems like we visit him a couple of times in the gospel at really sad, sad points where he opens his mouth. And, you know, we get to hear a lot more about Peter, but Thomas also opened his mouth too. And, you know, before he thought as well. So <laughs> bless God, there's grace for you. <laughs> but yes, so we have in John 10, and I just, I was like, I got so excited about my little story that I didn't keep on going. John 10, 24. And, but every time I'm re- I read this, and, and this, and one time I just recently, I was reading this, of course, because, you know, here we are talking about it. Something really stuck with me in it. And it wasn't really the words that were there, but it's more the tone of what was, was said. Like, you can, like, we talk about, I talk to the kids about talking friendly. Because you, you know, and when I was little, I forgive you <laughs> to my sisters, right? Because we had to forgive. We had to forgive one another. I forgive you. Yeah. That's forgiveness flowing forth, you know? <laughs> and yet, <laughs> my heart just laid out there and I forgive you. Because <laughs> I have to, because God said so and mom did too. Oh. <laughs> Can I get here? I don't know. Uh, John 10, 24. Okay, so here we are. And the Jews came about around him and said unto him, uh, let me see. Praise the Lord. Oh, this is the wrong thing. Go to John 20. I'm like jumping all over the place. And I'll we'll maybe get to John 20, 10 later. I'm like, that's not the words that I wanted to read. John 20, 19, it said, and the same, uh, and so this is like, okay, Jesus dies on the cross. We know about that. Jesus rises from the dead. We know about that too. And then in this chapter, people are finding out about it. They're finding out about Jesus raising from the dead. And so the first incident is is Mary Magdalene when she, um, you know, has come to the tomb. And then, and then, so there, I can't imagine the excitement about all this and the the fear, because like here it says, um, in verse 22, um, no, 19, it says, and Mary, uh, then the same evening, so that in that same day in the evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciple, uh, when the doors were shut and where all the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. So they're afraid when this all happened. It's so interesting. They didn't believe, like Jesus told them what was going to happen, but he didn't, they didn't believe him. They didn't believe him. They decided not to believe him. So I, you know what? Like I always like to think about, like you know, what would happen if they did? We, we, we wouldn't be reading what we would be reading. We would be reading something different if they actually believed what Jesus said on the third day. I'll rise again. But no, they're locked somewhere in fear. But praise Jesus that He's so good that He can just show up. <laughs> Even when you're not where you're supposed to be. Because they were not supposed to be there. They were not supposed to be here. You're where you're supposed to be when you're walking by faith. If you're walking by fear, you're not supposed to be there. So if you do something out of fear, well, that's not where you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be walking by faith, living by faith, believing him. And so you're going to be in a different place if you're doing that. And so they're all, you know, afraid because the Jews, they, they just killed Jesus. 
And they are, you know, guilty by association, so to speak. They, who's next? Who's going to be next on the cross? Because, you know, they were with him. And then Jesus, and, and then Jesus appeared amongst, amongst them and said unto them, peace be unto you. And when he had, said, uh, had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. So up until this point, they were glad, but then they're glad. They're like, oh, it's Jesus. It's not a ghost. It's not someone else. It is, it is Jesus, confirmed by what we've seen. And then Jesus said unto them, again, I love this, because like obviously if he's saying peace be unto you twice, they need peace. <laughs> peace be unto you and my father has sent me even so I send you not to be locked into a, in a little room cowering in fear sent means you're not in a room right. sent means you're going somewhere else sent means you're off to go to a destination not locked up in a room in fear and when he said this he breathed on them and said to them receive ye the holy ghost Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whoever sin, uh, sins ye retain, they are retained. Basically, just forgive. Let us forgive. Let's not, re- let's not remember what people did. It's done. It's finished. We can forgive. But Thomas wasn't there. And I, I really wonder why he wasn't there. He wasn't there. What was he doing? I wonder. But he wasn't there. He didn't see what happened. And uh, he, uh, but Thomas, one of the twelve called Did- Didymus, was not them with them when Jesus came. And I, I just, you know, like maybe I think maybe he should have been there. Because as Jesus shows up, you should be there. So he's going to show up. You're going to be there. So the other disciples therefore said unto him, and I love what it says in the Amplified. It says. Um, uh, So the other disciples kept telling him. So this is really exciting. So he, uh, he, you know, and if we just jump, I'm going to jump back because like uh, jump a little forward because it says uh, like in the next verse, it says, um, it says about like eight days later. Where is it here? It says somewhere. And verse 26. So it says eight days later then. So they kept on telling Thomas this. And so really it's it's really exciting news when someone is telling you something really exciting you know like like they tell you a lot like kids they'll have to tell you and they'll tell you more than once and then they all want to tell you at the same time and they're like you know of course they can't hear you all but I'm yes 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 and then but they've told you they're so excited to tell if something exciting and good has happened we're going to tell about it we're going to give a testimony and I and I'm sure if Sakila was here, we would have heard something. Because that's her heart is to share and tell about the good things that God has done. And her gift is she notices even the smallest things. Like even when her ho- foot, foot, feet were healed, there were like so many testimonies in just in that. Like the shoes, the walking, and all these things that, that were tied in with that testimony. She broke it really up, down. And was glorying in all these little little details. And she told about it. And she's always telling about it. You know, what's on your heart? You're going to tell about it. Or is your boat just floating in the water? 
if things are working, it's going to be spinning. There's going to be movement. There's going to be talking. There's going to be expression of what he has done and what he's doing. And, and, and like, you know, Pastor Gwen said, you know, invited us to come up and speak. We should all be able to come up and speak. But what I think is the problem is that we get so bogged down in what happened in the week. And that was, that's the thing we're thinking about. And that's the thing we're talking about. That's the thing we're complaining about. And we didn't see where God was moving because we were so focused on where he wasn't or where we thought he wasn't. And, you know, Sakila has that gift to really look and watch and see. You know, it's like she's, she's on, the, on, the, on the hunt for her testimony. <laughs> and, and you know what? Like, we need to take something from that. Yeah. Are you on the hunt for your testimony and what God's doing? Because if you are looking and noticing that, you're going to be, you're, what's coming out of your mouth is going to be a little bit different from what may, may be coming out. And so, so, so Thomas is there. So, so eight days later, so these friends are talking to him, and they keep telling me, like, telling him, like what it says in the Amplified. Can you? Do you know when you're trying to convince someone of something, and convince them? Like it's really hard when their mind is set to convince them. We are like we have family members, and we have like a good message to tell them about Jesus. You know that he'll save them, he'll deliver them. You know, you know, ticket to heaven and all everything in that deliverance package and everything that's in his word good good thing like you're not a salesman selling used stuff and so so you have this thing and then still it's it's kind it's hard to convince them and I'm not going out and saying because like you can't convince them you know what God is drawing them and then you when you say what Holy Spirit says to say will see a work happen not just trying to explain and, you know, do the pro-con list of, you know, this is the pros of salvation, this is the cons of not being saved. Like, laid out, they can't see. They can't see very clearly. And they won't know until God works in their heart. It's really that that, you know, you're praying for and believing for, and the word will go in and have a work. But you can't convince people to be saved. You can't argue them to be saved. Because argue leads to strife, leads to confusion and every evil work, which God is not a part of. But when you're saying what God says to say, and you, when, you're, when you're doing what God says to do, which by, might mean not do anything, listen to him. Believe him. He loves them more than you do. He wants them saved more than you do. He wants them a part of his kingdom more than you do. And he knows how. So trust him and believe him that he can work it out. And it might be you and it might not be you that helps this happen. But you can be there on the other side. Come on in when they've said yes because someone else said it, it said it the way that they needed to hear. And you're like, okay, now we can chat. Yeah. Yay. Praise the Lord. So he was with them, and the other disciples kept telling him, we have seen the Lord. I've switched now to the Amplified, in Amplified uh, 25. And, but he said to them, unless I see his hands and the marks made by the nails put, and put my finger into the nail prints, ew, by the way, like ew, anyway, 
Um, unless I do this, unless I touch and I put my hand in his side, you again, it's just I'll never believe it. I'll never believe it unless I do that. And we all know the end of the story. Jesus, you know, appears. And you know what? Sure enough, he does do. And he does believe. And then we get Jesus' message to us. Well, we're blessed because we believe and we haven't seen and we haven't touched. And bless God, I don't want to. I am good with believing that he did it all. And I do not need to put a finger in a wound. Well, a healed wound probably. <laughs> but, but I don't need to poke it. Thank you very much. I can believe without poking. <laughs> but see how God works. He works. He, you know, he loved Thomas, you know, and he, but, and, and Thomas went out and, and he evangelized and, and, and brought people to Jesus in India and he did great things, but, you know, not written here, but what was written here was a story that got him a nickname that he got to walk, like, you know, that we talk about today. It's like, what are we being remembered for? And bless God, what, the, what does the blood of Jesus wash away? Amen. You know, washed it away. And, he, you know, it, it wasn't about that. But eight days later, he, like he wasn't in the right place. And then he made a choice not to believe. And unless this happens, I won't believe. And we have got like, Gideon, who does the same thing, is like, oh, is this you, God? If it's you, you have to do this. You have to make the fleece wet. Then you have to make the fleece dry. Then I'll know it's you. But he's speaking. And you know his voice. Because his word says so. Let's go there now, because we were supposed to, we, we went there soon, when that we did a little preview. So you're just going back to John 10. Because I didn't write it in the right order in my, in my notes here, but that's okay. We can be flexible. We can, we can turn, you know, you, you know, get some work out in the Bible. So John 19, and so when I read this now, it's going to definitely be the words that I meant to read. Uh, and there, were, there was division, uh, there was division, therefore, among the Jews for these sayings, so of what Jesus was saying. So it's like Jesus is saying things that's causing people, like, to fight. But, you know, you could, you could just believe it, and it would all be better for you. So they're fighting. They're fighting about what Jesus said. Surprise. And then many of them said, he has a devil and is mad. Why do you hear him? Others said, these things are not words of him. He has uh, um, the words of him that hath the devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? Huh. So they're debating all this stuff. Like, who's really doing this? And, uh, and then it says, and then came Jews, the Jews around him and said, how does this make things, um, how long does thou make us doubt? If you're the Christ, tell us plainly. He says, well, just tell us you're the Christ. They're trying to, they're dangling. They've been trying to get Jesus to say the wrong thing. But Jesus always says the right thing. And so they're trying to get Jesus to say stuff, you know. Just tell us if you're the Christ. He did tell them and everything that he did, did and fulfilled the scriptures and did all that. But they're arguing and not believing. And Jesus answered them, I told you and you believed not. 
The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. He is God the Father in everything that he says and does. But you know someone, like, you know when you, like, meet a kid of someone else and you're like, yep, that's their kid. For sure it's their kid. They talk like them. They look like him. They do the different things, you know, because they, they are from that stock. And not only that, they spend time with the mom and dad and impart all these things. I was so interesting because I babysat my cousins a lot, like, for, for like, oh, well over a year, like, once a week, and we spent Saturdays together and and then one of one of my it was I don't remember if it was my aunt or uncle said yeah like sometimes when they're talking it's like it's like you t- like talking through them because <laughs> they would take what I said and then they would say it too and so you know so they didn't know the father and they didn't know Jesus and they didn't see the father in Jesus because he was bearing witness all the time he was showing God the father and everything that he was saying or doing and if you knew God the father you would say hey yeah that's his boy. That's him. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep. And I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice. And I've said this a lot, like, you're, you know, you're his sheep. You know his voice. And here it is. It says, my sheep hear my fo- voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And we spend a whole lot of time in this verse wanting to hear God, wanting to confirm that God spoke to us. Because, of course, yes, you want to know that it was God. Yes, you do. But God was speaking through Thomas's friends. And they kept saying to him what happened. And he said he didn't believe them. There's a problem. That's a big problem. And Jesus comes there and fixes the problem. Yes. But it's a problem that for eight days he wouldn't believe his close friends. All of them of who walked with Jesus. All of them who loved Jesus. All of them who wanted to do what Jesus would have them do. They followed him because they wanted to. They were his sheep. They followed him. They, they laid down their employment. And said, I'm not going to do this fishing thing gig anymore. I'm not going to do this tax thing anymore. I'm going to go follow him. And maybe today that might be you, but maybe you're, you're following him in your employment. But this was a demand put on them to follow him and lay everything down and follow him. And they did do that. These were some, like, that's pretty exciting, kind of like, they were bought, they sold, they were sold in, they were sold out. They knew that this is what they're going to do because they did ever. They, they followed him. They like went to cities with him and it wasn't in a car. And so <laughs> it wasn't in hotels. It wasn't, you know, he's like, you know, the chosen, you know, it's, it's someone's interpretation, but it sure makes me glad I'm born today. And (laughs) and following Jesus today. But they did this. And they followed him. So these were people, like, why wouldn't they tell the truth? And why would all of them pull over some sort of stunt like that? So we want to, like, first of all, A, surround ourselves with people that will speak truth like that. And then 
when we're surrounded by them and around these people that hear from God and, and pray and talk to God and are hearing God in their lives, and then when they say something to us, that we should believe it. Right. You know, of course, that's, you know, people get things wrong, but people mostly get it right. And we shouldn't be looking to look for what's wrong. But when a friend is genuinely connected to Holy Spirit, hears from God, is accurate, is speaking his truth, and they say something that you're like, huh, well, I'm not going to believe that. There's a problem there. There's a problem there. Like most of you have been here for quite a few Sunday services. So you're believing what is being spoken and, you know, believing what, you know, when we hear the messages, when we hear the pastor's table, when we, we're doing the seat of the day, we're, we're believing it and surrounded by it and then and speaking about it. And, you know, you're going to hear it if you're there. But we don't want to be Thomas out for eight, you know, and be need, needing to be convinced about something when we can hear it and see it first from Jesus. And then if that doesn't happen, like, say, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. We surround ourselves with friends that hear from God, and then we listen to those people. And we believe. We just choose to believe. Because God's people are going to speak God's word. God's people are going to do that. And they're going to follow him. They're going to do it. They're not going to just hear. The sheep don't just hear and say, oh, thanks, shepherd, for talking, but I'm just going to stay here. Well, the grass is over here. Go follow him. Go follow him to the river. Go follow him to the grass. No, I heard you. I'm just going to stay right here. I got to go. It doesn't make any sense. We hear and do what he says. I only hear and do what my father says. Jesus said that. We are hearing and doing what Jesus says, what the Father says. That's what we're doing. We're not just going to be the stubborn sheepy. You know, like the rod is really helping him. Like, (laughs) get going, get going, you know. Wouldn't you just rather be going? You, you know, you don't need the rod and staff. You can just go and you, and you can just believe and you can just do. Uh, some people choose the hard way. But we don't have to. We don't have to choose the hard way. But my sheep hear my voice and another they don't follow. So we've got two things happening here. Hearing the voice and only following Jesus. So if you're his sheep... You hear his voice, and you follow what he says. You do both. You follow him, and you do. And when we follow him, it said, follow him, and I'll make you fishers of men. So we not need be concerned. We are fishers of men when we follow him. We don't need to be concerned. Just listen, follow, do, and we will be fishers of men. And maybe not the men you want, but the men you should. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, we love our loved ones. And we, want, we want what's best for them. But 
just know there's someone that knows better and wants better than we do and can do it. Like, you know, you hear those stories about those testimonies, how, how people came into the kingdom and you're like, wow, wow, that's so awesome. And it didn't come by, oh, this is Jesus, accept him, okay. It didn't come about that way. Sometimes it does, sometimes it does. But then, then the, you know what, you are in that phase where you're like, you want Jesus? Okay, there was a lot of work that happened before you came and said, hey, want Jesus. Because he was his, like, God knew him from the foundations of the world. Just like he knew you. Just like he knew you. So believing is a yes or no thing. We hear Thomas, and he just set his, unbe- his unbelief. But we can set our belief and just choose to believe him. Set ourselves to believe him. And if we did, things would be a little bit different. Because I read his word. I know his word is true. I know everything that it says is true. And I know that we are not walking in the fullness that we could be walking in. Because people don't get healed. People don't get delivered. But we heard this morning about people who do. People who do believe. People who are being healed. And we can surround ourselves by the wrong people or we can surround ourselves by the right people. I want to surround myself with, and have the people around me who believe his word in fullness. Believe that we can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Believe that he gives sight to the blind. That we can believe that he can cast out demons. When I was in high school, deliverance was, you saw it a lot. You saw deliverance, I saw deliverance a lot when I was in high school. I haven't seen it so much now because they're hiding. But we need to be on the lookout because get them caught because devils must come out. (laughs) Devils must come out. And Jairus, we'll go back to that in um, Mark 5, 22. But we're going to go a little bit further. But we're still going to be in in Mark 5. What do we believe? And who are we surrounding ourselves with and what do they believe? Because that matters. It really, really matters. And as if you're saying, oh, it'll be okay, it'll be fine. No. <laughs> That's not really true. <laughs> it'll be okay, said no one ever. <laughs> it'll be all right. That's when you're starting to talk yourself out of what God says to do. It, oh, it'll be all right. It'll be okay. No, it won't be. No, it won't be. God told me to do this. He said to do that. It'll work out well. Is different from talking to yourself and convincing yourself that it's going to be okay. (laughs) One is like hanging by the tree with your fingernails, and the other one is standing on the rock. (laughs) So in verse uh, verse 20, uh, let's see, uh, verse 
35. So like we've jumped a bunch. So we've jumped women with the issue of blood. You can go back and read it. Very cool. She heals him. He, Jesus feels virtue, like his healing power come out of him. He knows that she touched him and, and got that, that zap that she needed to be healed. And, and she, she felt in her body, she felt it immediately. Immediately she felt whole. Immediately. It says in his words, she felt it dry up. She felt the noticeable change of what the power of Jesus, the dunamis power of Jesus, what it did in her body. And so this is all happening. And you know what? Jesus can heal along the way. You know, he's, you know, he can do it, but it doesn't look right. And uh, we see this happen later when Lazarus dies. It doesn't look right. It looks like Jesus is showing up late. They're dying. Why are they dying? Jesus is late. No, Jesus is always on time. He's always on time. You're waiting for your, the, like you believe God and you've got the answer and you know what it is and you just haven't seen the manifestation of it. He's still on time. He still answered that prayer. He still did it. We're just waiting for it. Just like you wait for a train, but it's coming. And so in verse uh, 35, it says, um, okay, so um, I'll actually, let's just jump up to 34. It says, okay, so he's talking to the woman of the issue of blood. And he says, it says unto her daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. And uh, while he yet spoke, uh, he spake, there was uh, a ruler from the synagogue, the house of a certain um, a synagogue's house certain, which said, thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou thy master any further? Well, that's really a good friend. Like, seriously. Here we have, like, different groups of friends. Thomas's friends trying to convince him that they saw Jesus. He did really appear. They're not lying to him. Here we have this friend, because like Jairus was working, he worked in the synagogue. And so there's this guy. And so this guy had to know. No, so he was there. He came to go tell him the good news. So he knew where to go and find Jairus. So Jairus had said to this man, I'm going to go get Jesus. And it sounds like this guy didn't really like that, because he's going to go rub his nose in it because that his daughter has died. And then why are you bogging Jesus about this? He's, your daughter's dead. And as soon as Jesus has heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. And then he suffered no man follow him, save Peter and James and John and the brother James. He's surrounding himself by those who believe. Now, I want to pray and believe with people who believe what we're praying and believing and not have some doubting person in there. And, then, and so, uh, so there's weeping. And he come to the house of the ruler and the synagogue and see that the, the tumult, the, I love that, another King James word, big mess, big mess, the tumult, the someone has died and now we all have to wail. Like, you know, the, the, the professional wailers are there. Everyone's crying because, you know, you have to do that when someone dies. Um, it's, a, it's sad when you lose someone. 
But if they're going to heaven, bless God, praise the Lord. And so, but this is the same situation that Jesus encountered when, when Lazarus died. And, you know, Mary, you should have been here, Jesus. You know, crying and hurt people say, say the wrong thing. But that makes me think, you know, if we are believing God and we're upset, we can say something different. So that's just something to think about. But anyway, so he's got the people around him that believe, and and he said, um, and and then they're crying, the tumult, they're weeping and wailing greatly. And when he had come in, he said unto them, Why make this ado and and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed and scorned him. Do they believe? Absolutely not. They made fun of him. But when he had put them all out, and you know what's so interesting? He put them all out, but did they still? Laugh and scorn him? Side? Yeah, probably. Did they still not believe Jesus? Probably. You don't need a bunch of people to believe. You just need one. You just need a small select few. And those are the ones around you. And so, so he puts them out. And, and then he goes where the damsel is lying. And he, t- and he took the damsel by the hand and said unto their... Um, Talitha kami, which, um, which is being interpretive, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straight away the damsel arose and walked, for she was the age of 12, and they were astonished with a great astonishment. Because, like, you know, have you seen someone who's bedridden, or, like, you maybe you have been sick, which we, you know, and you've, like, not been well and you haven't been eating? You don't, you don't feel yourself. You don't feel s- strong. And, and some people feel weak. No, no, she just woke up refreshed from sleep. But didn't she just die? No. Jesus said she was sleeping when she woke up. Amen. And he charged them straight away that, oh, yeah, and then um, that uh, no man should know it and commanded that something should be given to her to eat because she was probably a little bit hungry. But she was walking around and strong, and hungry, and certainly so. And then uh, when Lazarus, he, you know, he, he comes out of the tomb, and he's alive. So we've got some, this little girl, Jairus' daughter, we've got the, uh, the Lazarus that, that is raised from the dead. You've got the appearance of Jesus in front of your friends, and then they're telling you and keep on telling you, and yet you don't believe. Believing is what you set yourself to. And you can set yourself to believe. When 9-11 happened, it was really horrible. It was a horrible thing that happened. Horrible things happen. They do. They happen. And this horrible thing had happened, and I was directly seeing and experiencing people who were directly experiencing losing people and things that happened. And, and, I, and I knew what I believed. I knew what I believed. I'm like, God, I know this isn't you. I'm so glad I believe that. That when someone gets sick, oh, God's teaching them a lesson. That's absolutely a lie from the pit of hell. 
Do you know whom you believed? Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prosper. Be in good health. He wants us to be in good health. Sickness is not from him. He is not an author of sickness. It's not in him, and he's not sending it to his people. Don't receive it. Reject it. It's not for you because you're in his kingdom. You're his child. Sickness is not in my dad's kingdom. It's not in mine. It's not in my life. It has to go. All those symptoms have to go. Everything in my body has to work properly and well because he wants me healthy. He wants me whole. He wants me prosperous in all, all areas. Wholeness, that wholeness, that shalom, that peace, which means nothing missing, nothing broken in us. We're not missing anything. We're not, we need no need to go find anything. We've got him. And so we've got, what do I believe? This is not from you, God. I know it's not from you, God. I know you're a good God. Help me to see this better. And he showed me that, you know, a year later I went to a meeting and Kenneth Copeland was speaking there and he spoke about all the things that went well. All the people that didn't go on the planes. Did you know those planes were not full? I know a story of someone who was decided not to go on the plane. Got busy with something else and I'm like, oh, I'm just not going to go today. People that decided not to go to work. My pastor in New York was supposed to be there, because that wasn't the first thing that happened in the World Trade Center. There was another explosion that happened there and his in the parkade, in the parking lot. And he was going to go to work that day, um, but then he would, the next day he was going to go on vacation, uh, that he was going to go leave for a vacation. And then he, you know, Holy Spirit said, go home and pack. Why are you, don't drive to work, go home and help your wife pack. That isn't, that isn't an instruction like, you know what? There's going to be an explosion, and your car is going to be right near it. So you shouldn't do that. No, go home and help your wife pack. Many of these simple instructions that we have, you've been saved again and again and again. You've been in the right place again and again and again. Just believe him. He's continuing to do this work. You are his sheep. You hear his voice. And you follow him. Don't be the sheep in the pasture getting prodded with the rod and staff. You can go trot along and be with the crew. <laughs> be with your friends. Going on to get the food. Going on to get the water. Going on to get the everything you need. Because he does give us everything we need. We just have to believe him and follow him. Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word that's true. That your word is life. That your word is the answer. That you are the answer and we have you, Lord. That we are your sheep and we hear your voice. But not only do we hear you, we follow you. We follow your leading. We follow where you are taking us and where you are leading us. That they're good places. That it's green pastures. It's still waters. 
It's the places that we need to go to maybe even do some hard work. But at the end of that hard work, we see your glory manifest in what you're, where you're leading us to go. I thank you, Lord, that you're alive and living God. And you, wa you want us to do well. You want us to be prosperous. And I thank you that we can just, at, in this moment, believe you and believe your word. And that when things come, and they come, and they try to shout and be louder than you, God, but we know that you're bigger than any circumstance shouting, that you're bigger than any person shouting at us in our face, that you're bigger and you love us more than we could ever think or imagine. Thank you, Lord, that we can set ourselves different, that we can believe when we go into different places that we're, we have the answer and that we set ourselves and walk in differently and carry ourselves differently, knowing that just as Jesus, you reflected the Father, that we reflect you. And I thank you, Lord, that it's easy to do. It's not hard. It's just a choice to believe and follow. Thank you, Lord, that for anyone who is feeling like they're, they were on that boat that was just not going. Thank you, Lord, that you are a good God and you show us what we need to do, what we need to replace, what we need to maybe, maybe even say differently to make that boat go spin again. Thank you, Lord that it's easy, it's not hard, and we can have a good week. We could have a good week knowing and trusting and believing that you're leading us to good places. And I thank you, Lord, that we're surrounding ourselves with good friends that hear from you and speak your truth to us and that we can also believe that you're speaking through the people that, you're, that you have put around us. And for those that you know that you've, I believe God's been speaking to you about some people, not before I spoke today, but this past week or the, the last month. And God's been showing you that, uh, 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 that, that person that you've been calling friend, no, uh, uh, uh. Now's the time. Now's the time to let go. I thank you, Father, that we're putting down those relationships that are hurting. And I thank you that we can put them, you're, an, you're the answer, and you have a way that we can, we can end those relationships or walk away or step back from those relationships in a way that's loving and is kind and um, will not break any bridges. I thank you, Lord that we have good people. We surround ourselves with good people. And I thank you, Lord, that we have the words and we have the boldness and we have that message, that those precious words, that precious treasure. And there's so much that we can share and it's just easy to do. I thank you, Lord, that we just open our mouths and I thank you that you help us say the right thing. Oh, thank you, Lord, that you're ministering to us. Oh, let's all stand up. Let's take a moment. We can talk in this moment. You can set your heart to him. I believe he speaks. Otherwise, I wouldn't say so. 
But I believe he speaks, I believe he speaks to you, that you, that he'll give you everything that you need, an answer, a bit of wisdom. He's always speaking truth and he always loves us. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to your people. Thank you that we don't have to talk through someone else, but we can hear directly from you, that we can have relationship with you and we can be with you in your presence. We don't have to rely on someone else or anything else or a ritual or a routine, but we can just know that you're there. And I thank you, Lord, that we're noticing you more, that you're always there. I thank you that we notice and on purpose take the time to notice you there throughout our day. Oh, thank you, Lord, that you're our helper that you're so smart, that you have ideas in, in all our workplaces, that you have de- ideas about how, how, how friendships should be. You have ideas in how we need to fix our house and other things. And I thank you that you're always speaking, and I thank you that we're listening, that our ears are open to hear what you would say, and are, we have willing hearts to do what you would have us to do. Oh, thank you, Lord, that that's a blessed week. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.